trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Cause it's Hello again everybody and welcome back to Card Advantage Boy, it's really nice to hear that theme music again, isn't it? I yeah. do love it. I actually listened to it in the car on the way to work this morning. Oh yeah, I just I just love those guys. Absolutely great. Anyway, uh hi everybody. Uh I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts, and the other voice you heard is your other faithful host, Rich. So Yo. we are back and let me tell you something, folks. We battled through a uh boy, how can I describe this? Uh just a, an, an incredible like biblically epic amount of uh conflict and schedules to make this recording happen but we are here and sickness and sickness and travel and all other kinds of stuff quite frankly but we did it for you people we totally totally did it for you uh but we're here we're back it is the week right after the pre-release for Dragons of Tarkir, so the set isn't actually out yet. Is that right? I think it drops this tomorrow. I think yeah, it drops yeah. tomorrow. By the time you hear this, which should hopefully be tomorrow, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I've been trying for some time to make Friday our normal release day for the show. Uh, so hopefully, by the time this goes up, uh, you will be able to purchase Dragons of Tarkir packs of your very own. Uh, the pre-release just happened. Uh, we did not have a show pre-pre-release, but here we are post-pre-release. So let me ask you this, Rich. Did you go to a pre-release event? I did not. I um, had an extremely busy weekend. I had to work, and my wife had to work. All right. So this is going to be the least informed pre-release, post-pre-release episode we have ever done, as I also did not go to a pre-release. My excuse is I was on a boat. Yours is way better than mine. Yeah, I mean, technically I was on a ship. But uh And I can only hope at that point clues spliced in I'm on a boat from the Lonely Island. I can dream <laughs> I can dream. I can dream. Uh no, in this case that did not happen. Although uh there were some treasure cruises cast, not by me, mind you, but uh by by other folks. Uh so they were casting a boat on a boat. And I have to say, people really enjoyed that. Uh you know, I can see why that is, because it sounds like fun, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I was on the Magic Cruise, Magic Cruise 7, I think this one was. Yeah, that sounds right, 7. It was a real good time. Uh, it was my first time in Puerto Rico, because we sailed out of Puerto Rico, which was kind of cool. So, uh, hola to all of our Puerto Rican listeners. Um, I do have one complaint to our, our friends in Puerto Rico. Uh, why does no one ever use their turn signals? I'm just asking, we had rented a car, we drove around for a bit, and it seemed to be a running theme that, number one, no one used their turn signals, and number two, it confused people when we did, apparently. I don't know why, but there it is. Where's the surprise in turn signals? I know, I think it was, oh, that guy wants to get in front of me, no, forget that, I I, I don't know, but, uh, you know, there were a lot of nice people we met there, uh, it's, it's a fine place. If you've never been to Puerto Rico, please, go visit Puerto Rico, and that has been your travel tip for today, I guess. Uh, I did a bunch of scuba diving while we were on the trip. I saw my first shark in the wild, which was real exciting. That is um, pretty cool. I actually have, and I think I may have mentioned this before, and I, I swear we'll actually get to some cards from the new set in just a minute, but uh, I have a copy of Lord of Atlantis that is laminated that I take with me when I go scuba diving. That way I've got a magic card with me, and I thought it was fitting that it be Lord of Atlantis. I like that. So, 
I keep trying to get a picture of it, but it's real tricky to get the lighting right. So I, I, I think one of them turned out this time. If it did, I'll try and tweet it uh, so that people can see uh, Clues scuba diving with a blue card because I hear that's something the kids want to see. Anyway, so the pre-release happened. I hear folks had lots of fun. Uh, the new set is going to be live soon, and I hear that it's got a lot of great cards in it. We're going to talk about some of those cards tonight. Uh, so we've never really had a chance. Now that the full spoiler is out, Rich and I haven't really had a chance to sit down and talk about the cards in Dragons of Tarakir. So, hey, how about them cards in Dragons of Tarakir? I like some of them. Um, I've, I will say, Watsi just nailed the art in this set. Oh, God, yeah, the art is pretty spectacular. Um, I really like the tying. They, they really gave a nice time travel feel, how they tied some of the things back. I really enjoyed that. I really, really did. I mean, cause you get, the, you got the feeling, right? We, we did something in the past. It did, it, we're back to the present and things changed. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you got that feel, but you still got the feel of what, um, Khans and Tarkir was like. And yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I think they, they did strike a nice, uh, I guess tone, uh, when dealing with, with the whole time travel thing. Things are the same, but different. I, mm-hmm. I, I hesitate to use phrases. I feel like synergy and marketing speak is not far behind, but uh, they're the same but different, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, I think they did capture that very nicely. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this much, but have you gone back and watched the Cons of Tarkir trailer and the Dragons of Tarkir trailer in rapid succession? I have not done that. You should do that. I encourage everyone to do that because uh, some of the things that uh, Sarkin says in the original cons of Tarkir trailer make a little more sense now because it's clear that he's making those statements after the events of Fate Reforged. Interesting. Okay. In in fact, he makes the statement. Uh, it's it's like uh, some were born to greatness, others had it thrust upon them. I was never born at all, something like that. But it's the I was never born at all that makes it clear that this is after fate reforged. Sarkin never happened, and yet here he is. He is he is an anomaly in time. Uh, which, I suppose because technically that past. Like, what I don't understand about that, and this is the problem with time travel, is that. Sarkin had effects outside of this plane. Yes. He left. He did things. But the wizard said the time travel only affects, only affects Tarkir. Right. So that's what I don't understand. That's, I mean, that, to me, that's the problem with time travel causes bad writing. Uh, it can. It can cause for very sloppy, weird things to happen. And I feel like that's kind of what happened. Like, oh, he wasn't born. He doesn't exist out of time. If he never planeswalked to Jun to worship dragons, to attack the dragon, to serve the dragon, to release the dragon, to be poisoned by the mind of Ugin, to become mad, to come back to Tarkir, to wake the dragons, to eventually travel back in time, to save Ugin, and become where he is. None of that happens if he didn't leave. He had right. left. And he released the Eldrazi, so... Yeah. And, know, and we're going back to there for the Eldrazi. How would they have been released if it wasn't for him leaving? I... Things like this. This is what bothers me about time travel. I am hoping that we'll get some more answers to that this fall. With If uh, you're all confused about what I said, that's because we all are. Yes. Every last one of us is confused. But, uh, yeah. Well, you know, we could go down that rabbit hole for hours. But let's let's table that. Which might be a future show. I'm pretty sure it will be. Spoiler alert. Uh, let's let's get back to some of these cards. Shall let's, we? I want to 
topple the fact that they gave us a creature type that we had not seen in years upon years upon years. Anteater? No. No, they took that away. We got Elder back. There are Elder Dragons. They exist. There are Elder Dragons, yes. I like that there's Elder Dragons. I think that's really cool. There are some people who disagree with you. They can go... He would have to bleep the next word. Right. Everyone fill in your favorite insult here. So, yeah, okay. So, I am, you know, I I tend to be, I don't want to call myself a, a flavor purist, but I do like for flavor to uh, uh, be an important factor in decisions. So, I can see why people are upset about these being elder dragons because we had the original elder dragons back in the day for whom EDH is named and these are not those dragons not in any way but i think it shows that just because those five were the elder there couldn't be more exactly and and those dragons were on dominaria okay these are what passed for elder dragons here on tarkir and they ain't too shabby and just because they, one, they don't have the cumulative mana upkeep, which has nothing to do with flavor-wise, but that was stupid anyways. Yeah. Two, they're, this, just because they're one color less does not make them any less powerful than what an Elder Dragon could be. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, Nicobolas, but he's also a Planeswalker. His power comes from he's a Planeswalker, not an Elder Dragon. That's right. Oh, well, although, we, you know, you go back and listen to the Bolas episode where we talked about how he became an Elder Dragon and ate a bunch of people, but yeah, so. It's because he's a jerk. Uh, yeah, Nicobolas is totally a jerk. So, uh... If we want to go in Wooberg order, I think I can grab one. Yeah, I was going to say, you want to talk about a couple of these, and maybe we'll look yeah. at their their other forms? So, all right, let, let's, let's, actually, let's actually go talk about what they were in, in Fleet Tree Forge, and then what they are. Sure. So let's start with Oitai? Uh, Ojutai, I think. Ojutai. Or a, a, soul of winter. Uh, it could also be Weetai. I, I don't know that guy. I, th- I think it's we. It's hard to say because it looks like kind of like could, could be Ouija. Like, yeah, you like know. Ouija. Once again, I wish that wizards had a nice central place for all the pronunciations of these. Alexicon. Yeah. Or, is that what it's called? Uh, sure. Something like that. There's something similar like that as for how you pronounce things, and I really wish wizards would have one for each set. Yeah, well, I think that they should just have a central one that's just alphabetical order. These are words you might not know how to pronounce. Here they are. Yes. So if you're listening, Watsi. So, so there was, um, we'll call them Ojutai. I like that. That sounds, that sounds fitting to how their culture seems. Sure. Um, Ojutai, Soul of Winter. He cost five white blue for a five seven, or five, I'm sorry, five six legendary creature dragon. He had flying and vigilance. Right. Whenever a creature, whenever a dragon you control attacks, tap target non-land permanent opponent controls. That permanent doesn't untap during its next control untaps them. So it gives a frost titan to any dragon that attacks. Sure. And that's that's what we gotta remember is from Thayer Forge, all their abilities based around dragons. So now we come to Dragon Lord Ojutai. He has three white blue for a five four, so he's more offensive now. And he just has flying. Why is this print so small? It is very small. What old man now, Clues? <laughs> um, Ojutai um, has hexproof as long as he's untapped, so Clues clearly hates him already. I do. I despise him. So as long as he's untapped, which he doesn't have vigilance anymore, so um, whenever Dragonlord Ojutai deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into the bottom of your library in any order. So he is like a ponder when he, atta- when he deals combat damage. 
I like it. So is, did, did he get better or worse by being an elder? I think he got, I need to reread, um, Soul Winter just to make sure whenever he attacks. Um, so I don't, I think he's better because he's more self-sufficient. He's not as reliant on Dragon's ability because when you think about what he is in the first, he's an extremely expensive Frost Titan that's weaker, mm-hmm. but he has vigilance. And flying. Frost and Titan flying. does not fly. That's true. Whereas this one is, I think he packs a little bit more of a punch and he's more to get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's much more self-reliant and being hexproof when he's untapped is extremely good. Yeah. So, I mean, if you find a way to give him vigilance, he's pretty, pretty good. Um, I think he got better because he got a little bit cheaper and a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. Well, okay. Which is so... normally not what you hear me say, but the ability to cycle through your deck like that is ridiculous. He went from seven mana to five mana. But he increased. That's increased... a, that's a huge difference. Huge. It's, that is probably three to four turn difference. His power stayed at five because he was a five six, but now he's a five four. So by losing the two mana, you've lost two off the butt end. And vigilance. And you've lost vigilance. But you now, gain hexproof while untapped. Yeah, but how useful is that hexproof when untapped? I mean, he doesn't really do his thing unless he actually hits somebody. So unless you've given him vigilance, his hexproof really doesn't matter. Yeah. That's my it, only concern. I mean, I'm not saying it's not a good card. It just stops a lot of um your opponent doing stuff like when you're on during your turn to do it to him. Yeah. It stops a lot. it's I mean it just stops certain things. It's not as but I mean, do you want him just to have hexproof? Because I, I know oh, how hate no. hexproof. Oh no, no. No, so they made him they're I think they've at first I thought they were never gonna do hexproof again, but they're just trying to make it more fair and they're just making it situational now. Yeah. Now, would it have been better if he was hexproof while untapped? I think so. But then that makes him broken because he's already meant to get in there. They wanted to give him a reason to not have to go in. Yeah. I mean, he's a 5-4, so his butt's a lot smaller. I mean, just be thankful he, this, this ability wasn't on the other one. Oh, God, yes. But they actually pair well together, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they do. Because when um, Dragonlord Ojutai attacks, he can just tap something in his way to get through. Hmm. And then you could start cycling through your deck. And it is, a, it is a very powerful effect that he does. Do not underestimate that effect, uh, as much as I hate to admit it. It's, it's not a ponder, but it's really close. Yeah, it's, it's awfully good. Yeah. So, I, I like Ojuta. I think he's really cool. Yeah. I, I, I love, a lot of the white blue dragons have that bird, the bird-like ap- appearance, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I love the feathered wings, and I don't know I really like how they design him. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, you wanna you wanna talk about the uh, the next guy in Wuber? I order do. Here? I'll talk about Silimger. Okay. And like, this is if, one, if that's how you say his damn name. I think it's how you say his damn name. This one for sure got much better. Uh yes. So Silimger the Drifting Death, which. That's a great name. Yeah, so that was that was the fate one. So the previous yep, so he was four blue black for a three seven dragon, but he had flying and hexproof. So both clues had hexproof. I didn't realize that. So clues initially hates him. Yeah, absolutely. And whenever a dragon you control attacks defending players creatures creatures defending player controls gets minus one, minus one. So really only like really, really effective when you have more dragons. Like Ojutai's was effective regardless whether you had just him or other dragons. This one is much more dependent on other dragons. Yeah, way better. And completely hoses a token strategy. Yeah. Now, if we 
And by the way, all the Elder Dragons are now Dragon Lords. That's just their name. Dragon Lord, their name. Yeah. So Dragon Lord Selimgur is still four blue black. Now he's a three five. Which was that is that is, it, is that even a change in power? Yeah, he lost two toughness. He lost two toughness, which that seems to be a theme. But he didn't gain power like the other one did, and he's the same cost. Uh, no no no, again, Ojutai did not gain power. He stayed right. the same. You're right. So he once again, lost, power stayed the same. Now he is flying death touch instead of flying hexproof. Yes. So so his power really becomes irrelevant. A little bit, I guess. But then he reads what I think is a solid improvement. Oh man. When Dragon Lord Selimgur enters the battlefield, gain control of target creature or planeswalker as long as you control Dragon Lord Selimgur. Yeah, that's kinda This good. is the first card that steals a planeswalker besides like Memnarch, and I think there's a couple other things that can grab permanence, but not many. Yeah. This is a very powerful effect. I think there's a few that steal artifacts that you can use liquid metal coating to steal yes. planeswalkers. Yeah, that's a good but th- I think this is the first thing that just says steal a planeswalker, which doesn't actually say steal a planeswalker, but I think you get my drift. Yeah, yeah. Now, okay, so six mana, right? Okay, so our old Silimgur, we went from six mana to the six. new Silimgur, which is six mana. So mana cost is stayed the same. We lost two off the butt. But and hexproof. And we lost hexproof, and we're not hosing tokens anymore, but, oh man, that is a nice thing you have there. It would be a shame if someone took it. Oh, I took it. And I, th- they had to get rid of hexproof on yeah. him, because the stipulation, as long as you control him, if he has hexproof, you just never attack. And they're going to have a very hard time get ever getting their stuff back. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is a very solid improvement. I think the art is a thousand times better. I really thought the art on the old film here was kind of derpy. I mean, if nothing else, it's got uh, uh, the Tassiger, yeah, yeah, Tassiger. As, as the uh, the necklace, which is pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, I, I you know I like the new Dragon Lord uh, Silimgur. Just uh, you know, if you want to know why they had to take hexproof on it, uh, picture this. I want everybody to close their eyes unless they're driving. Don't close your eyes. Uh, but Steve, you're on the bus. Close your eyes. Uh, imagine this thing in EDH with Swiftfoot boots on it. How gonna, upset are you? You're gonna hate him. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely positively going to hate that guy. Especially like he's gonna steal your planeswalker. Yeah. You just got up to alt. Like, next turn, you get to alt. Yeah, and you know, what's what's interesting, that six mana cost, that means he is a late-game player. So, yeah, you're you're not going to enjoy it, is what I'm saying. No, I mean, honestly, like if you're playing a blue, against a blue-black deck that might run him, I'd be careful with where you have your... how you Like, you might want to consider not ulting a Planeswalker. Keep it away from that range. Yeah. Because you might end up having... It's, gonna be, it's just going to be as bad as when people used to steal Tameo. And alter. Oh, yeah. Um, And you're just going to be such a sad panda. Or if you've got a Planeswalker near ultimate and you're debating, oh, should I do the ultimate or should I spin it up one more time so it survives the ultimate? No, just do it. Just do it. Do it now. Yeah, you're going to lose the Planeswalker, but then they don't get it. So, yeah. It's better than them doing, like, Soren's ult to you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Okay. That'd be awful and hilarious. Why don't we move to Rakdos territory? And I'm going to talk about this. All right, so you got so Kolagon, the Storm's Fury. Oh, I remember this one. The fate, the fate reforged one. So for three, a black and a red. So total of five mana. You get a four-five legendary dragon with flying because it's a dragon. Whenever a dragon you control attacks, creatures you control get plus one plus zero until end of turn. 
which is a pretty good effect in any kind of a, an aggressive strategy, which anything Rakdos is going to be an aggressive strategy. Uh, he also has a dash cost. His dash cost is three black red, which is the same as his normal casting cost. So if you're worried about sorcery speed wrath effects, you can go ahead and just play him, hit people, play him, hit people. Uh, so yeah, you know, that's, it's not bad. I, I have no complaints about Kolagon the Storm's Fury. I think it's a fine effect. Uh, it's essentially uh, a stackable fire breathing that you're doing there. I mean, sure, you can't pay more to make it go, but if you've got more than one dragon, this adds up fast. Now, let's compare and contrast to Dragonlord Kolagon, which for four, a black and a red, so his mana cost has gone up, so he went from five to six. You get a six-five instead of a four-five, so his power went up, even though his toughness stayed the same. He has flying and haste. Other creatures you control have haste. And whenever an opponent casts a creature or planeswalker spell with the same name as a card in his or her graveyard, that player loses 10 life. It's bonkers. It is totally bonkers. Now, I have mixed feelings about this. Is it because so, he's worthless in, in EDH? It's be exactly because he's worthless in EDH. Because 10 life, that's a stupendous amount of life in any format except EDH. I mean, even in EDH, it's nothing to sneeze at. So, you you're think, never wow, gonna trigger an EDH. that's a powerful ability. I would think that you, uh, you know, you'll, you're gonna want to use that in EDH, and then you read it again, and you go, the only way this works is if I'm playing against the guy with the Relentless Rats deck, and that seems like a pretty narrow thing to do. So. Hey, Clues, you yeah. know what strategy Colgun goes good with? Uh, what's that? Mill. You don't say. Uh, although it is completely hosed by a rest in peace, right? If graveyards are gone, this doesn't help. Uh, but is rest okay. in peace even still around? Let's just, uh, rest in peace is from Theros block. Is so it? I think so, isn't it? I thought, it was, I didn't think it was from Theros. I thought it was from... It might have been from, uh, uh, RTR. Look, I don't play much standard, you know. So, in Legacy it's still around, but this guy costs too much to play in Legacy, sadly. Uh, although... Return, isn't a return to Ravnica, so yeah, that's gone. Yeah, okay, that's that's gone. So I guess that doesn't help. How else can I blow up? Oh, Delve. Delve works against this guy yeah, a does. lot, right? Uh so but you know, let's let's just take our thumb and just put it over that bottom ability wait, so, uh, and say, but, "Hey, but, what about the rest of it?" Judge question though. Sure. How does Delve work if you're cast if you're delving against him? With the card that you're, you're, you're exiling it with your delve cost. How does that work? Right. So when you're delving, you're paying for the spell and the spell is not cast until you complete all of the steps of casting okay. a spell. So it's gone. So it's gone. Yeah. So it's not okay. going to trigger. Good to know. So be careful when you're delving. Be sure to delve away the thing that is the same thing that you're casting. I, I delve guess. your tre If you're delving for treasure crews, get rid of your other treasure crews. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, but this only works on creatures or planeswalkers, not on instants or sorceries. So exile your Tassiger for your other Tassiger. That's right. That that will totally work. But okay, now look, if we just cover up that last ability, though, let's just call that let's call that gravy, right? Okay, that's just every now and then it's great. The rest of the time we can ignore it. It's flying haste, and other creatures you control have haste for six mana. You get a six five. How about that? It's not terrible. Yeah. No, I think actually still viable for EDH for a really aggressive deck if you wanted like a green, a red, black green dragons deck. Sure. But yeah, I agree. I mean, 
it is gravy. It's like um, kind of like Ruik Thar like ability, except it works. Ruik Thar actually works in EDH. Yeah, yeah, and Ruik Thar works really, really well. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those things that it's nice when it happens. Don't expect it all the time. Uh, I, which one would I prefer to have? Honestly, I think I'd rather have the Storm's Fury than Dragonlord Colagon. You know, if I just had to pick one and run with it. I don't know, man. I mean, everything, all your creatures having haste is really, really, really good. Yeah, but I'm not casting any creatures this turn because I just spent six mana on this bastard. Yeah, he's got haste. He does, but I'm just saying the other creatures I control have haste. That's not going to matter until a turn from now at, at the earliest. And he's a six, five by him. He already punched him for six. So I'm not sure how relevant that's going to be. Relevant enough to punch him in the face. I don't know. I, I think, I think I like Storm's Fury better, but you know, he's certainly, he's, he's much more aggressive. Yeah. Well, which is more your style than mine. So I do kind of like aggressive cards. This is absolutely true. Uh, okay. So how about, uh, shall I take the gruel while I'm here? Yeah, I'll take the Celestia. Okay. And by the way, these are the names we ought to be using for these things, because we already have perfectly good names for the two color combinations. I know they're trying to convince you to use the dragon's names for these, but anyway, uh, let me, let me find the old one. Well, maybe if they would have had better na- like, Dromica, fine. Um, Ojutai, I guess, a little difficult name to pronounce. Kolagon, but Silunger, I don't like that name. Uh, okay, so, uh, this, the old one was, uh, Atacara, at, at, Atarka, Atarka, there we go. Atarka. Atarka World Render was the old one. So it's and a good name. So, yeah, World Render, that is a cool name. Uh, for five, a red and a green, so seven mana, you get a six four legendary dragon that has flying and trample. Stupid. And, <laughs> Whenever a dragon you control attacks, it gains double strike until end of turn. Super stupid. Super good, I think, is what you mean. I don't like when they give, like, giving something that innately has trample and double strike. I don't like that. Uh, okay, that that's a fair argument. It's possible uh, Atarka might have been a little OP. But but he was a great, I mean, he's expensive, so. He, he has seven mana, but still, seven mana, 12 damage coming at your face. Boy, if only he had haste. Hey, wait a minute. What if the previous turn I played? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm off in Magical Christmas Land. I'm back. Uh, okay. Playing the um, Dragonlord Colagon. Yeah, exactly. Don't exactly. be a bad person, Clues. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so that was his old version. Let's look at his new version. Uh, Dragonlord Atarka. So for five, a red and a green. Huh, that's seven again, isn't it? You get a legendary elder dragon with flying and trample. So, so far, very similar. Who is in eight, eight. Stupid. When Dragonlord Atarka enters the battlefield, it deals five damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers your opponents control. At least that's not overpowered. Yeah, at least it's not, uh, uh, five I think is reasonable, right? I mean, if it, if it were more than that, we're probably getting a little- You can bit kill more. one thing, but you can't kill a real big thing, or you can kill a bunch of little things. Yeah, and you can't kill your opponent with it, right? It does not hit opponents, just their creatures or their planeswalkers, so it's like that thing right there, yeah, screw that thing. 
and that's just fine. So I think this is a fine ability. Uh, eight, eight flying trample for seven actually would have been good enough, right? I mean, let's think back yeah. to the history of magic creatures and that would have been just fine. Uh, yeah. Which one's better? Which one would I prefer to have? The other one. The- I think the world render is actually better. You mean he hits for 12 versus 8? Yes, he does. And he he lets all of your other dragons have double strike. And look, don't underestimate that 6 damage in the first strike combat step by having double strike. Because he's almost always going to deal at least 6 damage. Yeah, and he's probably not going to die to any creature you're going to stick in front of him. No, not really, yeah. I think World Render is definitely better. Yes, I, I think he's slightly better. Now, that's not to say that Dragon Lord Atarka is, is bad. I don't think no, that at all. I don't either. Uh, and I can conceive of situations where he would be better. I mean, that, that 8-8 eight, eight by itself, uh, triggers, uh, god, what's the keyword they used for this? Uh, ferocious? No? The thing where you have to have a, a total of 8 power among your creatures. It was oh, in the set. Yeah. Right, he just does it all on his own. I'm trying to think what that is. Yeah, I'll scroll up and find it here. Uh, Formidable, that's it. Yeah, so he just triggers it all on his lonesome, which is good. Uh, So yeah, I like both Atarkas, but I think World Render is slightly better. So why don't you take us home with some Selesnia action? That leads us with Dromoka the Eternal. I love that name, too. Yeah. Uh, Three green-white for a 5-5 legendary dragon. He is flying, like most dragons. And he has whenever a dragon you control attacks, bolster two. Which, if you don't know what bolster does, you chew the creature with the lowest toughness, and you give them two plus one plus one counters. Right, so he makes your dudes beefier. And if he's by himself, he's a 7-7. He kind of is. Then he's a 9-9, and then he killed you. I was going to say, and then you're dead. So, and then now we have the new Dromoka, Dragon Lord Dromoka. He costs four green-white now for a 5-7, so... He costs one more mana? Yes, one more mana. One more mana, and he gained two toughness. Yep. And now we have the words I hate the most to see on any creature. Dragon Lord Dromoka can't be countered. Oh, God, he's so beautiful, isn't he? Majestic. I actually Just really enjoyed um, both Dromokas, and this one has flying and lifelink, which is stupid. <laughs> That's God. so much on this... And uh, what well, some of my favorite cards to read on creatures that I own. <laughs> you like that? Uh, yeah, I uh, like that qualifier. That's that's good. Your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. Oh my! Bravo, bravo, Dromoka, bravo! I really enjoy Dragon Lord Dromoka. I really do. Um, I don't know if the Eternal's better. I see situations where the Eternal's better. Yeah, but I don't... But Jeromoka, the lifelink, the the shutdown of what he does to your opponents is so strong. Yeah, OMG is... My goodness, that guy, he is... I can see exactly one flaw as far as Rich is concerned. One flaw with this card at all. It has green in the mana cost. Oh yeah, that's 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 just dirty garbage. Yeah, but I I could fit him in a junk deck. Yes, or an, or an Abzon deck. So I, I I'm I as you know that is one of the few color combinations I enjoy playing green in. Right. So so yeah, that's the that's the Elder Dragons. Those are the those are five mythics. Those are our. I mean, I guess you can call them the commander cards, even though 
Kolagon probably doesn't fit in Commander as well as the others. Right. Um, actually, Atarka is probably not, not as good in Commander as the other one. Mm-hmm. But the other one has so much dra- dragons. Like, I'm trying to look at them by, by themselves. Yeah. And what their ability does by themselves, and it's, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong, Atarka is still really good by itself. So, um, yeah, we got two Planeswalkers this set as well. You know, I I think when Dromoka was spoiled, I think someone on Twitter asked me when I won an Invitational, because they obviously designed my card. And I I have to say, you know, you may be right. I don't remember it happening, but maybe time travel, let's say. I, I don't know, but yeah, this guy is... Just gorgeous. I do like him. I don't want to play against him ever, though. Oh, God, that'd be painful. Uh, so those were the dragons. Uh, there are yeah. some more cards we should probably discuss. And we got uh, the two planeswalkers. We got Narset Transcendent, who we talked about. We have talked about Narset. Now that you've digested Narset a bit, how do you feel? Any any uh, further so, thoughts about awesome. the card? Awesome, beyond awesome. Yeah, I, I would go with, I'm not sure that awesome is the word. Broken? Bro- yeah, broken. That's that's what sounds right to me, because holy crap. Good God, that card. Just seven. She'll be at seven loyalty, and you've got a card in your hand. You've gained card advantage. It only costs you four mana, seven loyalty. Your opponent is probably screwed, okay? It should, right here, there should be a triggered ability. When you cast Narset Transcendent, you get an emblem with your opponent is probably screwed. I like that. It should just go right on the table because I don't think they're going to do well. But we got another Planeswalker, Sarkhan the Unbroken. We do. And I'm going to kind of tilt my head and squint my eyes as we talk about Sarkhan Unbroken. Is it because he, does, he doesn't make any damn sense? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's be honest. Most Sarkhan cards did not make sense. Uh, particularly Sarkin the Mad, but okay, Sarkin Unbroken. So let's, uh, let's, let's just go, I want to go through a little history. We have Sarkin Vol. Okay, sure. Yeah, let's talk about some Sarkins. Sarkin Vol. I think he was two green, red, two red green? Uh, let me find him here. Uh, Sarkin Vol, two red green. So he costs four and mana for four, he, four loyalty. He gave you a dragon token. Uh, so his minus six was put, well, he gave you many dragon tokens. Right. Well, all right, you have to read this plus. Okay, yeah, let's let's four, just go four, straight four. through. Sarkin Vol costs four mana, two a red and a green for four loyalty. Planeswalker Sarkin plus one creatures you control get plus one plus one and gain haste until end of turn. That's the one else. Yeah, that's that's yeah. really good. It, it's pretty good. I mean, that first turn you probably don't have anybody that the haste helped because you just cast him and used up all your mana, but still. Good, good stuff. Minus two. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature. It gains haste until end of turn. So a quick act of treason there. Nice. And then minus six. Put five. That's the number five. You get five of these. Four, four red dragon creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield. That's enough to kill someone. So, yeah. From 20. Just get here. Here's 20 damage worth of flying. Enjoy. So that was your Sarkin Vol. Um, then we get Sarkin the Mad. He was three black-red, so he's already switched colors. He's totally switched colors. Which made sense. He's on Jund. I get it, right? Yeah. So he has zero. Reveal the top card of your library, put it in your hand. Sarkin the Mad deals damage to himself equal to that card's converted mana cost. To himself. Because he's crazy. Minus two, sacrifice the contr- target creature's... Controller sacrifices it, then that player puts a 5-5 red dragon creature token on the battlefield with flying, yeah. 
Yeah, so you can either get if they've got something super scary. Uh, it's a five-five dragon. Though. Yeah, it's now a five-five dragon. Or if or you, you have a super you, crappy, now it's a five-five dragon. Then each dragon creature you control deals combat damage equal to its power to target player, and that's a minus four. So that's a that can just end the game. It can. And I forgot to say he has seven loyalty, so he can do both of his minuses once and still be able to zero. Yes. And he has no plus. That's right. That's how mad he is. His loyalty never gets higher than when he first comes in. I mean, barring shenanigans. He's the only planeswalker that's ever has zero plus. Even Tybalt has a plus. (laughs) The nicest thing anyone has ever said about Tybalt. Even Tybalt had a plus. Yeah, so that was Sarkin the Mad. Okay, and then then we have Sarkin uh, the Awesome, right? Is that what they call him? I'm pretty sure it's Dragon Speaker. Oh, I thought it was awesome, but okay. So he Sarkin... is. Clues. Even I'll admit it. He's awesome. Okay. Okay, good. Sarkin, the Dragon Speaker. We just saw him uh, back in uh, Cons of Tarkir. He costs three red red, total of five mana for a four loyalty Planeswalker. Plus one. Until end of turn, Sarkin, the Dragon Speaker, becomes a legendary 4-4 red dragon creature with flying, indestructible, and haste. Awesome. He doesn't lose loyalty when he's not a planeswalker, just as a reminder. So, yeah, five mana, you're getting hit in the face with a 4-4 dragon, and you can't kill it with sorcery speed removal. Besides, it's indestructible. Ha ha. Minus three. Sarkin the Dragon Speaker deals four damage to target creature. That thing right there, burn it. Burn it with fire. Make it completely dead. Finally, minus six. You get an emblem with. At the beginning of your draw step, draw two additional cards, and at the beginning of your end step, discard your hand. So he's red card advantage. Here's some extra stuff. Use it now, or it's gone. Yep. So interesting. I I think that his plus one and his minus three were really the only relevant ones, uh, and it was probably the plus one that was putting games away for you. Yeah. Uh, awesome, awesome card. Fantastic artwork. I so what I love have, what have those three Sarkins had in common? Uh dragons? Dragons? What else? Uh dragons? He's they've all been red. Oh yes, okay. They've all had red. Yes, good call. They're all fairly aggressive. Very aggressive, yes. Okay. So now we have Sarkin unbroken. Alright, hit me. I, I'm gonna read them. Two colorless, green, blue, and red. Wait, what? Green, blue, and red? That's crazy talk. He, he has blue. He fits in Teamer now. He is now under the category of a blue planeswalker, which Clues must hate. Yeah, okay. So blue planeswalker, surely he has some abilities that I hate. So Hit me. He, he has four loyalty. Yep. And a plus one. Draw a card. Then add one mana of any mana color to your pool. Stupid. That is a stupid, stupid ability. <laughs> No downside. Draw a <laughs> nope. card, get mana. Look, if if we printed a planeswalker, um, I, I don't know. Card advantage is now making expansion sets. Let's say if we printed a planeswalker and it's plus one, just said draw a card. That would be that would be fine. People would go, that's awesome. I love it. I'll use it. If we printed one that said plus one, add one mana of any color to your mana pool, you might go. Eh, it's not the greatest, but at least it's not Tybalt. But if we stapled them both together, you'd go, what is wrong with you guys? And yet here he is. 
minus four. Nothing impressive. It, nothing super impressive. It's put uh, a four four mi- red minus, dragon. Minus creature. two. You said minus four. No, it's minus. Did two. I? I'm sorry. Minus two. Put a four four red dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. All right. It's, it's not. It's a decent ability. It's not amazing. It's not. It's plus one. Right. Which I don't know why you would ever minus the damn thing, except for when you get to minus eight. Search your library for any number of dragon creatures you control and put them on the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Man, you sounded so enthused about that. That is so stupidly good. <laughs> Do you know how many Sky on the Ur Dragon decks will now all run this guy? Oh, God. He's going to be all over the Dragon EDH decks. And then, oh, well, hey, look, there's Colagon too. All the dragons now have haste. What, the, everyone's dead? Yup. Yep, they've got haste and... And if we went and got, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the guy who gave him double strike. Oh, Atarka? Yeah, yeah. We, we'll get him too. So they've got haste, well, they've got double strike. Well, then just add Ojutai who taps them all, and then Silimgur who kills them all. Yeah. Well, you tapped all your stuff down. You're dead. Okay. It, it's minus eight. Everybody's, all, everybody's dead. Oh, and don't forget, you gotta run Dragon Whelp, so Dromica can make that Dragon Whelp astronomically huge. <laughs> Uh, yeah. This is an extremely good Planeswalker. He is the second three-color Planeswalker. So, I'm actually going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna temper that a little bit. This is an extremely good Planeswalker in EDH. The kinds of decks he wants to go into, I don't know that they really exist in standard. Maybe, maybe not. But, think about it this way. Takeaway is alt, which is clearly EDH and, you know, casual fun. Sure. Protects himself by making a token. Yes. He is drawing you cards and giving you extra mana every single turn. Now, that's true, but at least that first turn when he comes in, if you're using the plus one, uh, you're probably not doing much with that one extra mana. That's why turn one, you you use the dragon to protect himself. Okay. So you throw down the dragon, spin him down you, to two. You, so technically, you are playing you know, two green, red, blue, red for a Shivan dragon. Wait, Shivan dragon was 5-5, five, five, right? Uh, I thought Shivan was a 4-4. Four, four. Right, so yeah, so you are paying 5, 2 rug for a Shivan Dragon. Yeah. Who, next turn, that mana happens to up, give you an additional mana. So you are now going from possibly 5 to 7 mana next turn. And you draw an additional card. Oh, and before we get the emails, yes, I just looked it up. Shivan Dragon was a 5-5. Five, five. My bad. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Sarah, the oh, angel, not the dragon. It's I, a little worse than a Shivan Dragon for 5. Yeah. I mean, that's, even in any standard deck, that's really good. He's a threat. His ult might not be the threat, but the fact of how many cards he's going to draw, how much additional mana of any color. So things are now much more splashable. He is total fixing. So, I mean, it's it's really good. Again, I mean, I haven't played standard in a while either, so I don't know how well he would fit in the standard, but it doesn't stop him from being a really good card. Maybe he's not as standard playable as um, Narset is. Yeah. But, man. But I think he'll find a home. I do. Oh, I like him. I don't get the blue. The blue really just doesn't make sense to me, because it's never been anything that he's ever really felt like. I just feel uh, well, like I... He's changed by his time travel, right? Right. He's a different person now. I mean, I, I understand that. So I just... I suppose because the cons never existed, he was never part of the Mardu. So he was never so heavily a red mage, maybe. And there's still some red in there, right? I mean, he's but, still making dragons. Yeah. I mean, it's like he's a red mage, but his plus one is totally the other two colors. Yeah. 
All right. So are there other specific cards that you'd like to talk about? Or shall I turn to some of the cards our listeners wanted to talk about? Let's give our listeners their voice. Um, yeah, let's let our listeners do. All right. So say. we, we asked the following question, uh, just a short time ago on the Twitters. We asked, Hey, uh, what was the best card for you at the pre-release from the new set? And what card excites you for standard? And we got some responses. And so, uh, one that came up from several listeners, and I think needs to be talked about, is Butcher's Glee. Do you know this card, Butcher's Glee? I do not. Okay, so Butcher's Glee is a black common. It's an instant, costs two and a black, and it says, target creature gets plus three, plus zero, and gains lifelink until end of turn, regenerated. That's quite good. That card is sick, quite frankly. Because my dude that I'm attacking with, oh, he's just an innocuous 2-2. He's no big deal. Don't worry about him. Oh, I'll just block your 2-2 with my 4-4. Oh, surprise! My 2-2 is now a 5-2. It has a regeneration shield, and I've gained 5 life, and your 4-4 is dead. I love surprises. You like me now. So yeah, Butcher's Glee, I can see that that card, uh, particularly in a limited environment, would just be backbreaking. So... And it's okay, good, let's... even late game. I mean, you know, seriously, I, my experience, uh, and I, I have not played limited with Dragons of Tarkir, but I have played Fate Cons limited. And my experience was that games tended to end up in kind of a stalled board state. And, uh, particularly late game, people would be low on life, but you'd have several creatures out. And, you know, who can break this stalemate? Well, this is going to break that stalemate. Yeah, it is. So that's a card that came up. Uh, quite a bit. Uh, how about Rakshasa Gravecaller? You want to tell us about that card? I believe it's another black card. I like black cards. I know Ladies, you do. We find Rakshasa. I love that. Rakshasa. Rakshasa Gravecaller. We got four and a black for a three six. That's that's good. That's that's good right there. Yep. And it has exploit. So when it enters the battlefield, you may sack a creature. Which I'm just gonna put this out there, Watsy. Thank you. <laughs> Ex- exploit is just the things I'm looking to do in magic. When Rakshasa, the gra- Gravecaller, exploits a creature, you put two 2-2 two, two black zombie creature tokens out of the battlefield. Not one, so but two. If you get more than one, you can start getting, because it doesn't stop you from doing um, tokens. That's right. So if you cast two Rakshasa Gravecallers, you have two three sixes and three 2-2 two, two zombies. Or you can get rid of the other Rakshasa and you have two, four 2-2 two, two zombies. But I feel having the Two three sixes is better. Yeah. The uh the, the Rakshasa Gravecaller. I I gotta say a lot of these cards with exploit are really darn good. Exploit's um, awesome. It is a pretty cool mechanic. Uh they can exploit themselves if they need to, that's fine. Uh if you need the effect, like if that card it's five mana for two cre- to be able to block two creatures is not bad. Yeah. So pretty, pretty cool. Uh, okay, what else did people tell us about? Oh, oh, this is one. This is one that our our good friend Nicholas Sabin from TeamSabin.com mentioned. I know that, that is guy. that is Myth Reforged, and this is a card I didn't even know about until uh, I heard about Myth Reforged. Myth Reforged. This is a white card. It costs a single white. It's an enchantment, so you can turn one this bad boy. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a lore counter on Myth 
realized. I did say myth realized, right? Am I talking about no, the right you said guy? Mi- you said myth reborn. Yeah, but I I think myth- you meant myth realized. Yeah, I think it's myth realized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so myth realized. So whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a counter on it. So for a single white, you get this enchantment. Now, what are you going to do with those counters, you ask? Well, you can add more counters. Yeah, that's what I say. For two and a white, you can put a lore counter on Myth Realized. So, and and this, you don't have to do it on your turn. You know, you've got mana up to counter because you're a terrible person or whatever it is you're going to do. And at the end of their turn, eh, just throw a lore, lore counter on here. Now you're saying, clues, we've racked up all these lore counters. Now what do we do? For one white... Until end of turn, Myth Realized becomes a monk avatar creature in addition to its other types and gains this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lore counters on it. I can get pretty big. Game Ender. That's what this is. I feel like that's really good in a control deck. Uh, yeah. You don't have anything to do with your mana at the end of turn? Put a counter on it? May as well. You're casting a lot of non-creature spells anyways. I don't like it. So yeah, I think that's a really cool card. It is. That is a really cool card. Really cool. Uh, let's see now. What else did people tell us about? Uh, people found Megamorph uh, better than they expected it to be. Um, it's a really expensive morph. Yeah, but it does add those counters, right? That is hefty. That is nice. Yeah, and you know, particularly if you uh, uh, manifested a card with Megamorph. You could just flip it over for its cost, or you could Megamorph it and get the counters. Nice. Take your pick. Either one will work just fine. Uh, Tail Slash was one that came up if we want to look at a, a red card, which I know that we do. Uh, Tail Slash is a red instant. Costs two and a red, so three mana. Uh, it's a common. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. So a one-sided fight. My favorite kind of fight. Indeed. As long as I'm on the right side. That's right. If things got a fight, make sure you're on the correct side of that fight, is what I'm going to say. So uh, anything else? I kind of want to do a where are they now. Uh, okay. The, the, the cons. Where oh. are they now, Clues? Oh, where where are the cons now? The original cons of Tarkir? Yeah, that are no longer cons because the clans never existed anymore. That's right. So I'm going to start with Surak just because he's handy. Okay. Or, or we could talk about, we've already talked about Narset. We could just get her out of the way. All right, let's talk about Narset. Narset's now a planeswalker. She's a badass bitch. That, that's not quite the words I would use for that, but yes, she's pretty darned awesome. So are we done with Narset then? I think I think we're done with Narset. <laughs> Alright, so we got Surak. And Khan's a Tarkir when he was a big boss man, he was Surak the Dragon Claw. Or Surak Dragon Claw. Yep. I thought he was dumb and broken, because he's two um green, blue, red for a six six with flash and he can't be countered and spells you control can't, creature spells you control can't be countered, and other creatures you control have trample. I don't like stuff like that. But he is a very good card. But now he is Surak, the Hunt Caller. He costs two green-green for a 5-4, and he has Formidable at the beginning of combat on your turn. If creatures you control have a to- total power of 8 or greater, target creature you control gains haste until end of turn. So you like, you can give him haste if you have creatures that have more of the power, or other creatures' haste. It's it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... um. I mean, clearly, um, he was much better as the Dragon Claw. Right. So he's he's fallen from grace a little bit. 
He's Spe- not a sheer upgrade as um Narset is. Yeah, not not quite. Uh speaking of falls from grace, can I talk about Zergo? Oh please. Friend, Zergo Helm Smasher. First, let me say I don't think it's quite as bad as people make it out. But Zergo Helm Smasher, the old one, was two, a red, a white, and a black for a seven two with haste. Attacks each combat if able, has indestructible as long as it's your turn, and whenever a creature dealt damage by him dies this turn, put a counter on him. She was just awesome. Everything I wanted in a card. Oh, Mardu. Oh, the Mardu. Now, uh, he's got a little different role. He is Zergo Bellstriker. Uh, still legendary, costs one red mana. So hey, he's a lot cheaper now. <laughs> and he's a 2-2. Yeah. And he's now, tiny now. He looks like a little little boy. He has uh Zergo Bellstriker can't block creatures with power two or greater. And he does dash for one and a red. But here, here's the thing I want to say about Zergo Bellstriker. Pretend his name isn't Zergo Bellstriker. Let's say his name is Dave, okay? Dave the Bellstriker. If we made a card called Dave that cost one red mana for a two two, you'd play it, wouldn't you? Absolutely, he's like Goblin Guide, why wouldn't you? Exactly, I mean, all he's missing is haste for for the Goblin Guide uh, analogy, but still, a 2-2 for one? Yeah, I'll sign me up. Uh, Now, a 2-2 for one who can't block creatures with power two or greater? Eh, I was going to hit you with him anyway, so... Her's the proud, her's the real thing that changes that. Yeah. He is legendary. Yeah, so I think if he were Dave instead of Zergo, he might actually be better. Yeah, but he's Zergo, a legendary creature. Yeah. And and there is his drawback. Agreed. So let's skip on to Sidisi, the Blood Tyrant. She was one black, green, blue for a 3-3 Naga Shaman. And whenever she entered the battlefield or attacked, you put the top three cards in your library into the battlefield. Or, or into your graveyard. You milled three of your own cards. Yes. And whenever one or more creature cards were put into the battlefield... Into the graveyard. God, why do I keep saying that? I don't know. Whenever you get one or more creatures milled, you get a 2-2 black zombie and enters the battlefield. Yep. Pretty See, good. I, I get why it's not each creature card, but it just made it so much worse that it's not creature cards. But I still like Sidisi. I think she's swell. Right. Now we have Sidisi, Undead Vizier. She is now, now you pay three black black for a four six legendary creature, Naga, Zombie Naga. That's right. That's pretty sweet. With Death Touch, which is nice for a four six. Has Exploit, which is always awesome. When Sidisi, Undead Vizier, exploits a creature, you may search your library for a card, put it in your hand, and then shuffle your library. A card. Any card whatsoever. Just go Sidisi get it. Sidisi Vizier got so much better. <clears throat> yeah. She is bigger. She is meaner. She is one more expensive, but easier to cast. She's a zombie now, looks super cool, and is still a Naga, so that's awesome. I think she, I think this Sidisi is a, Clear upgrade from the other two. Like, the other two were not clear upgrades. She is a clear, clear upgrade. Yeah, absolutely. And then, we again, we talked about Narset. Uh, and then we're left, I believe, with just Anafenza, right? Anafenza is, yes. So Anafenza the foremost, the old Anafenza, uh, was uh, a white, a black, and a green, so junk, for a 4-4 legendary creature human soldier. 
When Anafenza, the foremost attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on another target tapped creature you control. Vigilance need not apply. If a creature would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. Screw you, dragon that does things. So she was pretty good, the old Anafenza. She was real good. Real good. But but the new Anafenza clues, the new one. Ah. The new one. Okay. The new one, Anafenza Kintree Spirit. She is white-white for a 2-2 legendary creature spirit soldier, so bad news, she's kind of dead. Eh, but then Aww. again, Sidisi was dead too, right? Well, undead. undead. She's, yeah. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, bolster one. So good. That's pretty good. I mean... White weenie clues. Yeah, it works very well in a white weenie deck. I agree with that. But the the non-token... Um, it would be too broken if you did raise oh, the alarm and then, they bo- be, then you got to bolster her for two. It'd be broken all to or, hell. Would she bolster herself or would she bolster the tokens? Uh, well, uh, it depends on where you drop the counters. Let's see now. So uh, raise the alarm. Did it make two one ones? Yeah, it made two one one soldier. To- so this yeah. would this would trigger twice and they would just become two twos. So there. Okay, was exactly sure exactly because bolster. Does it check each time the counter would be added? Because yeah, okay. Yeah, because you you choose upon resolution. You don't choose when it goes on the stack. Okay. So I mean that but that right there. That's 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 six power. Yeah, and it is pretty sick for white weenie. I admit that. I don't. I just think she's really cool. And I mean, imagine her as the general of a super aggressive mono white deck. Oh, I don't think we have to imagine it. I think it'll happen soon. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. I don't, I, I I like I like this Anafenza a lot. I don't know if I like it better than the other, the other one because I like the other one a lot too. But this one is it's so good and the art is so amazing. It is very very good artwork. I admit that. Like I would like Sadisi's, but hers feels a little clunky and blurry. But this is just beautiful. So, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Where, that's the where are we now from the cons? They're all still here. Which again. I liked they tied them all back, but they're not cons anymore because clans never existed. Right. They all serve their dragon, their dragon lord. Yes. And I don't know. I just think I like uh, two of them. I thought got much better, and two of them got much. Well, three got much better, and two got much worse. And I, I guess only one got much worse. I shouldn't say Sirach got much worse. He's just not as good. Yeah. So I know that you have to uh bail here, so we've got to wrap this up soon. But before we do, I have at least we've we've been very remiss in actually talking about listener email on the air, and I want to hit at least one email today. Just is this a weird spam we got the other day. Uh no. No no no. This this one is from a little while back. Uh actually yeah. wow. Quite some time back, actually. Yeah, we're not gonna say the actual time, so we yeah, we're not we're gonna we're just gonna feel better about ourselves by not saying. But someone uh, his name is Joel. Joel has written to us to ask. Uh, I value your opinion, especially when it comes to legacy. So I have a question. Hey. Oh. Is Howl of the Horde good enough for legacy? And while less likely, vintage. 
The best case scenario I can see for Legacy is to pair it with Fire Blast. I attack with Monastery Swift Spear and play Howl of the Horde and the Fire Blast. That's 3 damage from the Swift Spear and 12 from the copies of Fire Blast. Then there are the potential dirty blue cards it can be paired with, such as Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time. In Vintage, possibly in a deck that gets its creatures from Young Pyromancer, again, there are a lot of very powerful, low-casting-cost cards to pair it with, e.g. Time Walk and Ancestral Recall. Thoughts appreciated. Joel from England. Well, hello, Joel. Thank you for writing. Uh, I have written back to Joel, but uh, I'm just going to read Howl of the Horde here real quick. So Howl of the Horde is from Cons of Tarkir. It's a sorcery. costs two and a red. It says, when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. It also has raid. If you attacked with a creature this turn, copy it again. So if you raid for three mana, you get two copies of the next instant or sorcery you cast. So, Rich, what's your impression? Um, I'm trying to th- just trying to think here. For legacy, for vintage, I do not think it's good enough. I don't think so either. Um, for legacy, is I mean, I don't know tons about the legacy metagame anymore. I I do a little bit more when I when I was actively watching um some of the legacy streamers. Sure, but it's three mana for a sorcery that you I mean you attack, you trigger. So you have to do this all after combat, like in your second main phase. Yeah. And you need to find, I mean, you know, lightning bolt, and then so you deal nine damage. I mean, what fire blast? I mean, I guess I'm not as familiar with fire blast. Yeah, I really think you're probably going to be lightning bolting here, uh, or a lightning bolt like effect. So, uh, also, I I think his math was off. He was getting two triggers on his uh, monastery swift spear, and you just can't pull that off because this is a sorcery. Uh, so you can't attack. Wait, so you could cast. fire blast and, and hope you kill, but still that's only 12 damage. <laughs> yeah. Like, you have to have hoped to kill, otherwise you're getting rid of all your mountains pretty much. Yeah, so my it's, biggest complaint here is that it's three mana. And I just, I just don't know what deck it goes in that has that kind of mana to it's spare. A, it's a three mana plus spell. Yeah, you I mean, at minimum four it's four mana. mana. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't know if, does red have any, co- Spells that don't cost anything. Well, other than other than fire blast, where you sack the two mountains. And I suppose gut shot if you want to pay the two life to deal three damage. Yeah, that doesn't seem very good though, right? No, it seems real bad. But I think you're it's paying three three mana and two life to deal three damage. Yeah, I think its biggest problem in either le- legacy or vintage is it's a card trying to take up space, right? These decks are so well tuned and so honed that any card that I put in has to either just straight up win the game or it has to directly support the strategy I'm using better than the cards I already have. I mean, cause like using it with dig through time, cause what, if you delve almost every single colorless mana, how much does dig through time cost? Two blue? Yeah, blue. I think that the treasure crew is one blue. Yes. So that's still four mana and you have to exile a lot of cards to draw six spells and you just, um, draw nine cards. Yeah, draw nine cards. If you attacked with something, right? Because you gotta have that raid trigger. Yeah, and the treasure cruise deck, treasure cruise decks aren't really doing drastic amounts of attacking. Yeah, so I think where this thing's real home is, is EDH, right? It's, it's a format where you've got gobs of mana, and you'd like to have three copies of a spell, because typically you have- Thorns Vengeance. Yeah. So I, I think, 
while while there may be a deck you can pull this off in where uh some rogue brew that you can make that will just wreck a legacy tournament because absolutely no one's going to see it coming i i really don't think that it's qu- I, I, if it were less mana maybe but the way i look uh, at it is the, your best case scenario is lightning bolt fire blast is just it's not risk getting rid of all your mana cuz if you don't kill if it's or let's say they what am i trying to uh, force, force of will you when you sacrifice two mountains? Yeah. You are so far behind. Yeah, although, I mean, they're probably not gonna, okay, let's say that your opponent is at 12 life and you have four mana and you cast, uh, Howl of the Horde and they go, uh, sure? Cause they're thinking, oh, what's he gonna, he's got one mana open, he's gonna get me for maybe nine and I can at least counter one of those? Well, if you then fire blast and they're dead, but no, I just I I feel like it's but if they can counter one lightning bolt, they can definitely counter one fire blast. Yeah. Besides, if if your opponent has the mana for a counter spell and they see you cast Howl of the Horde, that's not resolving. I mean, I don't know how. I mean, I don't know the quantity of meta games for like an actual legacy like store that people don't aren't going to large tournaments. But what I see online and stuff. A lot of people run counter spells. Oh, there's a lot yeah. of blue. There that are is just gonna, that's just going to hose that deck. Of filthy blue players. Yeah, so I, I, I think it's an interesting idea, and, and I like that you're thinking outside of the box, Joel, but I just don't think it makes the cut for, uh, for legacy or vintage. So. Definitely so, that vintage. So there you go. There is, uh, we actually answered an email. Yay, us. I can flag this one as actually answered. Um, kings, clues, kings of email. Some, something like that. Not good ones. But. No, we're actually kind of bad at this, but there you go. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up here because, uh, again, scheduling conflicts. Oh, God, all the scheduling conflicts. Hey, we brought you a show, and that almost didn't happen. Yeah, it came real close to not happening. Uh, but we are happy to get feedback from you guys. Of course, you can interact with us on the Twitters, where we are at Card Advantage. We occasionally put out questions, and we do appreciate it when people answer. It's fuel for our shows, in fact. So often we're asking for a reason. So if you see us ask a question, you can have a pretty good idea that we might be discussing that thing real soon. Uh, you can also email us, like Joel did, and someday we might respond to it, we swear. Uh, you can find us on the emails. We are mtgcardadvantage at gmail.com. You can find our stuff on the MTG Cast Network, as well as on our own website, which is cardadvantagecast.com. If you would like to reach me directly, your best bet is at Twitter. I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. I'm at MindMage. The A and Mage is a four. And as always, all of this stuff is in ye olde show notes. Uh, be sure to support your local gaming store. It's uh, how they thrive and survive. I know my local gaming store is Atomic Empire in Durham, North Carolina. It's a great shop. You should check it out. If you can't, check out your own local game shop. Yes, I agree. So there you go. Thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you all next time.
Go play some magic. And uh, go play some magic. Uh, we're still chewy. <laughs> There's nothing he can do about it because he doesn't edit this show. Yeah. That's all going after the credits, you know it. Yeah.